Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor at Foresight Health. Today on Foresight Friday Roundup, we're going to be talking about the effect of the COVID-19 outbreak on healthcare net revenue and the revenue cycle. We're gonna be talking about how patients losing their jobs and their employer-sponsored health insurance will impact providers. And we're gonna talk about what happens if those newly uninsured patients go on an ACA plan or on Medicaid. As always, our resident expert on Foresight Friday Roundup to comment on our topic is Gary Bisbee, co-founder and executive chairman of the Health Management Academy, And sitting in today for Dave Johnson, who is taking a much-deserved and well-earned week off this week, is Jeff Jones. Jeff is the founder and CEO of the J.D. Jones Group, an advisory firm working with payers, providers, and life sciences companies on strategy, technology, and operations improvement. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Uh, Before we talk about net revenue and the revenue cycle, uh, topics we chose because of our special guest today, Jeff, I understand that you and Gary work together at the Health Management Academy. Tell me about that. I've had the pleasure of of knowing Gary for over 20 years from the early days of the Academy. And through that relationship, Gary and I have come to know many of the leaders across the industry and uh, really had the benefit of of those relationships and, and their knowledge. In the last few years, as the Academy has continued to grow and explore new ways to serve its members, I've had the chance to work more closely with Gary and the team at the Academy as they develop uh, new offerings and as they consider new directions for the business. All of that's been one of the most fulfilling parts of my career over the last two decades. Gary, any anything to add to Jeff's uh, glowing recollection of your time together? Well, Jeff's a terrific uh, member of the Academy and terrific executive all around. He was a charter member uh, when we started the CFO forum back, Jeff, 2001 or 2002, and uh, has been a regular contributor to the Academy in a number of different ways through the years. Uh, He's been faculty and has uh, been uh, a personal contributor. strategist for me and for the Academy. So uh, terrific guy and glad to be with you this morning, Jeff. Thanks to both of you. Uh, so so now why don't we uh, jump into our, our topics today? Uh, Gary, uh, millions of people have lost their jobs because of the pandemic. Uh, and along with those jobs, their employer-sponsored health insurance. Uh, how do you see that affecting providers in the short term from a net revenue and revenue cycle perspective? Well, first, Dave, it's tragic that 30 million people have had their lives and paychecks uprooted. Uh, The U.S. officially entered a recession uh, several months ago, but for the 30 million people, it's probably actually a depression, and that is uh, unfortunate to the extreme. In terms of health systems, case mix has been changing And basically, for years, going back to when Medicare and Medicaid started in 1966, and uh, that that kind of change in uh, case mix has accelerated. Um, 
through if you look at uh, Obamacare and the Medicaid expansion, there was a big increase in Medicaid eligibles. In fact, today, 40% of the 330 million people in this country are on either Medicare or Medicaid. And that's reflected in the case mix of the health systems. And obviously, uh, what everybody knows is that health systems uh, are not paid costs for Medicare and Medicaid. So what happens now, uh, just to wrap this up, is that uh, probably three to five percent of the hospital rev- of the health system's revenue is going to be uh, Medicaid. That wasn't before, and the actual uh, bad debt part will increase. So. Revenue is going to be down, patient care revenue will be down, and operating margins uh, on patient care revenue will be down even more. Got it. Uh, Jeff, same thing. Uh, How has the loss of employer-sponsored health insurance affected providers in terms of the revenue cycle and and net revenue? To to add to what or build on what Gary's just said, I I agree. I mean, for for those 30-plus million people who have lost coverage. Um, this is a, a challenging time, not just financially, but how you navigate the healthcare system. So as difficult as this time will be for providers, um, it's even more difficult for those individuals. I think it's a, on the provider side, I describe it, David, as maybe a triple whammy. So there is certainly the impact of a payer mix shift from commercial insurance. So many of these people had commercial coverage through their employment, and now that's moving to some form of government payment or, or uninsured, uh, as Gary was describing. The second of the triple landing is you have a change in volume. Because the, of the change in coverage and the confusion associated with all that's happening with insurance coverage and COVID, there is confusion on the part of patients about when they should be seeking care, where they should be seeking care. And that's driving volumes down. And how quickly that comes back, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of theories about it, uh, but I think the real answer is we don't know yet. The third piece of the triple whammy is we then have a service mix shift. So not only is a pair mix shift, and not only is there a reduction in volume, but the intensity of services is also trending downward. All three of those things affect net revenue for payers, uh, all to the negative. And as much as we talk about value in healthcare and it is growing, healthcare today in the U.S. is still primarily a, a volume-driven business, and all those things are having a negative impact on the providers. Uh, Gary, anything to add to Jeff's uh, triple whammy? Is there a fourth whammy? Well, just right about all of that, I totally agree with him. Um, uh, being, he would be the preeminent revenue cycle expert in the country, so. Uh, I'm going to be lined up behind him on anything to do with revenue cycle. Uh, I'll add on the volume issue, Jeff, as I have spoken to CEOs around the country uh, for the Fireside Chat podcast. What I've discovered is that you could probably anticipate, which is that uh, for the hotspots, of which there's really only been all metropolitan areas are have been somewhat hot, but there's been five or six that are really hot spots. New York uh, 
is an example of that, Detroit, New Orleans, and so on. Uh, that's where patients coming back have been slower. Uh, if you look at areas, Oklahoma, some of these, um, uh, even San Diego, I was talking to Chris Howard a couple of days ago, they really have not been hit uh, hard with COVID at this point. Let's hope they don't. And so patients are coming back there more because the community just wasn't traumatized like, let's say, New York or Detroit or L.A., so uh, South L.A. So maybe there's a chance that uh, for those health systems, it's not going to be as bad. Uh, two of the three that Jeff talked about are definitely going to hit them. Uh, maybe the volume will return uh, uh, more quickly. Got it. Thanks, Gary. Uh, and now let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about ACA plans and, and Medicaid. Uh, Jeff, what happens to net revenue and the revenue cycle if uh, those newly uninsured patients either buy an ACA plan on an exchange or go on Medicaid? Dave, it'll be interesting to see how those patients that transition to a different form of insurance, in this case, some form of ACA or, or Medicaid plan, as they learn how access works under those plans versus maybe some of the commercial plans that they have. In many cases, those changes won't be significantly different, but there will be a, a bit of, a, of an adjustment, if you will, as, as the patients understand um, how to go about using that new type of coverage. From the provider side, what we're going to see is, is an, you know, an absolute reduction in the amount of payment for the same service. So we all know well that for, um, for a few decades now, commercial insurance has uh, reimbursed providers at a, a much higher rate than government programs, whether it be Medicare or Medicaid. So there's certainly going to be a reduction in net revenue per patient for the same service. Providers are anticipating this. Um, they're, you know, many of them are doing some fairly substantial modeling on what the downside impact could be from a, a net revenue standpoint. Gary mentioned some of that in, in his previous comment. So I think to, to build on Gary's comment around volume, I think we'll see volumes come back at different rates in different parts of the country. But the, the rate of payments associated with that volume when it returns will be lower for those folks that have moved onto government-sponsored uh, plans, particularly those through the ACA and Medicaid. I think there's a that, Dave, I can maybe address this in a follow-on uh, comment after Gary speaks, but I think there's also a, a big question out there about state budgets um, and funding for Medicaid um, in many states across the country. Got it. Uh, Gary, same thing. If millions of patients switch to an ACA plan or to Medicaid, uh, what happens to the revenue cycle and what happens to net revenue? Let's start with the health systems today, roughly 60% of their revenue comes from governments, and the largest part of that from the federal government. That's going to go up, as we've talked about with Medicaid, uh, more people on Medicaid, I think 3 to 5% in many of the health systems. Uh, that would put you up 64 65%. Government programs, ACA, will add uh, a few more. So, question is, how long is that going to continue? Uh, one imagines that for the foreseeable future, there's going to be more government pay than there has been. And as Jeff said, uh, <clears throat> commercial pay is the 
best for the health systems. No pay is the worst. Uh, government programs, it should be Medicaid uh, and then Medicare and ACA are kind of falling in between. So uh, the storyline for the health systems isn't good. And by health systems, I'm really talking providers because the physicians are getting caught in this and in some cases don't have the uh, wherewithal to withstand this change like these large health systems do. So you could you could see going forward over the next several years, I would anticipate more consolidation uh, among the provider health systems, and I could anticipate more consolidation uh, with doctors joining health systems. And my guess is, Jeff, that that'll start right now and basically continue on over the next several years. Great. Jeff, uh, uh, any reaction to Gary's comments? He's pointed to one reaction, and that's industry consolidation. Uh, you know, on your list, are there anything, anything uh, that providers can do to counter the situation you guys have been describing? I certainly agree with Gary as it relates to consolidation. And Gary is the kind of preeminent thought leader in terms of the trends uh, in healthcare and as he mentioned, I mean, he's in touch with executives, multiple executives daily. So I, I, I'm completely in support of what he said around this um, this increase in move and consolidation. At a time when I think six months ago we might have thought that some of the consolidation might have been slowing, I think this may reduce some of that trend. The but Dave, I think the other piece here is it's driving providers, um, health systems, both hospitals and, and physicians uh, to more aggressively pursue efficiencies that I think they, they they knew were going to be important and they had already on their agendas and in many cases had, if you will, shovel-ready initiatives uh, set up to go. I'm seeing an acceleration and talking with executives and hearing a need to accelerate uh, the search for efficiencies across the delivery system. Got it, got it. So, uh targeting that that uh the cost issue to compensate to keep your margins up right is that uh, what we're talking about yeah, that's absolutely right Dave. you know at a time when provider margins are already um, fairly modest uh, something like this uh, at the scale that we're talking about uh, can take those margins and reduce them by 30 40 50 percent and so it just increases the urgency around uh, finding efficiencies Got it. Well, thanks, Jeff. And thank you, Gary. Uh, now let's talk about next week. Uh, Jeff, uh, from your perspective, what's the uh, the big healthcare story next week? What, what, what will we be reading about? You know, Dave, a couple of thoughts. I think what we'll likely be reading about is additional uh, work around funding for not just health, additional healthcare relief, but relief for the unemployed and just the financial impact of COVID across the country. What I'd like to see us uh, hearing more about in terms of the big story is the data that's starting to emerge around our experience in the United States as we've started to open up and how we correlate that with data from across the world and how other countries have, have experienced this reopening of their countries. I think most of us don't really know uh, what's going to happen, but I think the more that we can focus on the data that we have here uh, from the openings that have happened over the last four to six weeks, and how we 
where they got to experiences around the world would be really useful. Final thought that something that's not being talked much about that's being worked on quite actively. You know, we'll recall back in early March, uh, HHS released the new rules for data sharing in healthcare. And there's a lot of work that's been going on since then while COVID's been, you know, kind of the, the front news story in healthcare. But there's a lot of work that's been going on both on the technology side and with a lot in the healthcare community around how to move forward and, and really use data democratization as a way to improve healthcare for patients and from a cost and quality standpoint. I think we'll look back, you know, a couple of years down the line and we'll certainly remember COVID, but I think we'll also see that it was a time when we started to, to think very differently about how we use data. Great. Uh, Gary, what will everybody uh, in healthcare be talking about next week? I agree with Jeff on data. It's going to be a huge and growing issue uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, for talking about next week, one of the big changes that has been, um, I think, driving both consumers and the providers is televisits or telehealth. The, one of the facilitating um, drivers was that CMS allowed payment for these televisits. And secondly, they allowed licensure issues so the physicians could practice across state lines. And how that gets handled going forward is going to be hugely important for how healthcare is going to evolve. Uh, CMS has telegraphed, Seema Verma has telegraphed that she thinks uh, televisits are here to stay. She thinks that there should be reimbursement for uh, them. How much that reimbursement is going to be will probably be the question of the moment. And uh, whether and how much commercial payers would uh, cover televisits will also be uh, a key issue. So I think in terms of the providers, how they rally to the cause, make sure that uh, CMS understands the importance of televisits going forward uh, is is going to be probably not a front page issue, Dave, but underneath it's it's kind of like the swan gliding across the uh, the pond. You don't see much movement on top, but underneath there's a lot of chugging, and uh, I think you'll see that for uh, this issue of reimbursement for telemedicine. Got it. Great. Well, that, that's all we have time for today, guys. Uh, th that was excellent. Thank you. Uh, appreciate your comments and your insights and your predictions. And Jeff, uh, thank you again for sitting in for Dave Johnson this week. Dave, thanks. It's been a pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.